is the Guitar Circle New England, and you're listening to Freeform Radio, 91.5 FM, WMFO Medford. Listeners, the president of Tufts University. This is Tony Monaco, and you're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO Medford Tufts Freeform Radio. Pop quiz Which is more dangerous, alcohol or marijuana? Study after study, the science shows that alcohol causes much more harm to the user and to society than marijuana. So why do colleges punish students more harshly for getting caught with cannabis? Join Students for Sensible Drug Policy and give your college administrators a simple pharmacology 101 lesson. Visit www.schoolsnotprisons.com to find out if there's a chapter at your school or how to start one. Good afternoon to you, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. This is indeed the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Tusky Farm Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. A special edition Wednesday edition of the Shukri Wright Show here live in the WMFO studios, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thank you for making this show part of your Wednesday afternoon as I'm here with you live for just an hour until 5 o'clock. My usual slot is from 5 to 7 p.m. on Mondays, but today I am filling in for Sess and Nuts. So if you have tuned in to 91.5 FM WMFO on the radio dial or even anywhere else streaming on the national tune-in radio app, Sincerely appreciate it. We got an hour here to to talk all things sports. 
But we can't start the afternoon without talking about the Boston Celtics. And I rarely talk Boston Celtics on the radio station, but today I'm going to make an exception because they have won nine in a row. They absolutely have become a major story here in the Boston sports scene, and especially, especially locally, which at times we have talked about how this has been a team that has absolutely grossly underperformed and underachieved. Last night, the Celtics delivered an emphatic statement in Philadelphia, beating the Philadelphia 76ers 135-87, in which <laughs> in which this was an absolute colossal ass-whooping from the beginning. What you ultimately saw was Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum showing everybody as to why we were foolish to even consider splitting that duel apart and trading either Tatum or Brown away. They combined to score 57 points, and 42 of those points, by the way, were in the first half. I mean, goodness grief. If you have thoughts on last night's Celtics win, and as well as the winning streak, and what your thoughts are on the Boston Celtics, call in at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. I mean, you want to go back a month ago in which the Celtics, they played against the Sixers in Philadelphia. The center Sixers outscored them 32-14 in the first quarter. 55 to 35 in the first half. In which the San Francisco starters outscored the Celtics starters 90 to 59. And after that game, I really was just at a point where I said, I'm ready to throw in the towel with this team. Blow it up. What are we accomplishing? What are we going to do in regards to this group of guys that, simply was not buying into whatever coaching that M.A. Odoka was providing them. And what you have seen over the course of a month, you got to give credit where it's due. Even the most cynical Celtic fan like me, I'm slowly beginning to become a believer in this Celtics team. Because let me tell you something. (laughs) This Celtics team, what they're doing right now, especially on the road, is pretty damn impressive. You go ahead and you tell me that this Celtics team a month ago was going to set an NBA record by winning the third straight road game by at least 30 points. I would have told you you, you're out of your mind. There's no way. But they did it last night. They did it. And what is truly amazing about this stretch is that You talk about the Celtics' defensive effort, shutting down Joel Embiid, who only scored 19 points last night off 3-9 shooting. That in itself is a statement. Considering that prior to last night, Joel Embiid hadn't had a a 25-point game in which he did not hit 25 points in two months. I want to say that again. Joel Embiid, prior to last night, did not have a single game in which he did not score at least 25 points 
in two months. The Celtics shut him down and held him to just 19 points of 3-9 shooting. And I have to start off by talking about what exactly has changed. What changed with the Boston Celtics? There's a few things. First and foremost, start with the defense. The Celtics defensively, they have gotten better. And they just look different when they're on the road. And they look different in terms of being able to accept coaching and to be able to accept what they're able to be given coaching-wise and to work together as a unit, something that you were not seeing early on in the season. You weren't seeing that early on. But now, what you're seeing from a Boston Celtics team that, as I said, they are really making me in, turning me into a believer is a team that has figured out defensively how to shut down opposing team's best players, see the performance against Joel Embiid the other night, as an example as to why this team is a team to be on the, be on the lookout for in the Eastern Conference. And then also, since when did the Boston Celtics become the Golden State Warriors of the Eastern Conference in terms of shooting the three? Like, how does a team make 25 three-pointers on 45 attempts? That's a little better than 50% from the three-point line as a team. Like... There's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts in regards to the Boston Celtics that I look at and I say to myself, man, just a week ago, I wasn't even speaking glowingly of this team. I was just like, well, this team still has problems. Like, this team, eh, I'm not completely sold on this team. But man, <laughs> now, go look at what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are doing offensively. And then you talk about the defensive effort. Robert Williams, although he didn't he didn't play last night, but he has been part of the defensive turnaround for this team. Daniel Tice, since he's been brought back, he's been critical as well, being part of a, a the big turnaround for the Celtics defensively. And you know what else? The Sixers head coach, Doc Rivers who knows the Celtics well. He even admitted post-game that this, this Celtics team looks completely different offensively in comparison to the last time that they played a month ago on January 14th. Like, this is, this is something. Rivers said, quote, they just beat us all night off the dribble. They got into the paint, and they moved the ball. That's the one thing you watch Boston play, and you can literally see the improvement of their ball movement. The old Boston was more isos. This Boston is driving and playing with each other. Let's, let's highlight that part right there. I'm going to stop right there. In fact, I'm going re- to read the entire quote, finish reading the entire quote. That's what makes them so much tougher. I think it makes Tatum and Brown even tougher when they move the ball like that. 
That part right there. The old Boston Celtics was more ISO. This Boston Celtics team is driving and playing with each other. If this team was able to play together early on, this team wouldn't be at a sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. Because early on, it was a lot of high school basketball, no sort of team defense, no sort of team chemistry offensively. It was pass, pass, shoot. That's what it was. Now, go back and look like look at last night's game between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And you could see how they're able to feed off of each other. But why stop there? But you talk about being able to figure out what was plaguing this team early on. And what you've seen now for the better part of the last, what, three weeks? It's really becoming increasingly hard not to like what you've seen. And Jalen Brown said something interesting last night that I want to read you this quote here. I think that was the emphasis for us was getting the right spacing. That makes it easier to make plays. We were on top of each other before. That's what's made it easier to turn the ball over. I think was emphasizing spacing more than anything. And I think that's really what I attribute to improved playmaking for our whole entire team. So spacing. Because before they looked like they were about to play about to like run trips in basketball. And running trips is a it's a football term for a type of formation on the offensive side of the ball. Now, with spacing and guys getting into the proper spots, you're seeing a flow. You're seeing ball movement, which has been the theme. You you heard Doc Rivers talk about it, the head coach of the 76ers. He talked about it. You kind of got the hint with that with Jalen Brown with the quote I just read. You have more space that gives you more of an opportunity to move the ball around. And that is the big difference. And you got to also acknowledge that they have become a lot better of a transitional team in terms of playing on the fast break because they were absolutely one of the worst fast break teams in the NBA through the end of December. Now, you can make an argument that they're actually one of the best teams on the fast break in the NBA now. So it really came down to buy-in. The Celtics were not buying in early on. Now, they have said, you know what? We need to listen and see how things go. Oh, we went nine in a row. Oh, my gosh. See what happens when you actually listen? When you listen to those who are able to impart some wisdom, good things happen. The Celtics are like the classic example of the hard-headed student who didn't want to listen to his teacher as to how he can go from being a C-plus student to an A-minus student. The Celtics, they didn't want to listen to M.A. Odolka. Now, they're listening to M.A. Odolka, and they're now becoming that A-minus team. The difference between them 
the difference between Milwaukee, the difference between Miami is what? The Celtics are much more talented than those teams. They are, they are much more talented with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown with this version of Brown and Tatum. Not the version of old, but this version? Celtics are much more talented. There's no reason to expect why they can't make a deep run with the team that they have currently constructed. But we shall see what happens. They got a game against the Detroit Pistons tonight. So that's going to be an interesting one. Coming off a huge win last night against the, against, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. But I'm curious to see, can they extend the winning streak to 10? And I think they can. I think they will. So the next couple of games, the Celtics, they got the Pistons tonight. They got the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow night exclusively on TNT. And then also they got a game in Detroit Saturday afternoon against the Pistons. So they got the Pistons tonight and the Pistons on Saturday at Detroit. And then Thursday they got the Nets. Those next three games are going to be a real interesting litmus test, if you will, regarding where this team is in their development, not in terms of the standings, but in terms of their development as a team, but especially against an opponent like Brooklyn, that I expect at some point they are going to get healthy. Ben Simmons is still out right now, but I expect him to be back for the stretch run, especially with his target day being March 10th. But man, the Celtics, they have turned it around by leaps and bounds. I do have my concerns in a sense of how long can this be sustainable? How long can this last? But only time can tell. Only time will tell how much can this team continue to keep this up? And as well as how long are they willing to continue to perform at this high level, especially against teams that are healthy in the Eastern Conference? Glad to be here with you on this Wednesday afternoon on a special edition of the Sugar Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Coming up next. My frustration level has gone up from zero to 100. I'm fed up. I'm going to tell you exactly what's got me fed up this afternoon. On the other side of this break, coming up next right here on the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford. Touch me from radio streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app globally on WMFO.org. Grinspoon, Associate Professor Emeritus of Psychiatry at the Harvard Medical School. 
back in 1966 concerned that so many young people were harming themselves through the use of marijuana, I began to review the medical and scientific literature to help clarify the nature of this harmfulness. Much to my surprise, I discovered that it was a substance remarkably free of toxicity. In fact, it is far safer than any pharmaceutical or recreational drug. There is no record of a single overdose death from its recreational or medicinal use. Marijuana is one of the most studied substances. I believe that it is high time that this country reconsider its stance on cannabis. I guess I had to go to that place to get to this one. Now some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, just follow me. I'll get you there. You can try and read my lyrics off of this paper before I lay them. But you won't take the sting out these words before I say them. Cause ain't no way I'm gonna let you stop me from causing man. When I say I'm gonna do something, I do it. I don't give a damn what you think. I'm doing this for me. So the world feed it beans, it's gassed up If it thinks it's stopping me, I'ma be what I set out to be Without a doubt, undoubtedly And all those who look down on me, I'm tearing down your balcony No way fans of bust, don't try to ask him why, how can he From infinite down to the last relapse album He still and whether he's on salary Paid hourly until he bows out Or he his bows out of him Whichever comes first, for better or worse He's married to the game, like a fuck you for Christmas His gift is a curse Forget the earth, he's got the earth to pull his from the dirt Now 
I'm so fed up Time to put my life back together right now, now It was my decision to get clean I did it for me, admittedly I probably did it subliminally for you So I could come back a brand new me You helped see me through And don't even realize what you did Cause believe me, you I've been through the ringer But they can do little to the middle finger I think I got a tear in my eye I feel like the king of my world Haters can make like bees with no stingers and drop dead No more beef Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO and Medford Touch Reform Radio. Streaming nationwide on the tune and radio up and globally on WMFO.org. The number to call in is 855-915-WMFO. 855-915-9636 is the number to call in to the program. I'm here with you until 5 o'clock. Only, I'm only here for the next 30 plus minutes. Only here for an hour today. On a special edition, filling in for Sess and Nuts. This is the Shukri Wright Show, so expecting to hear Sess and Nuts. They are out today. I'm here for, filling in for their show in this slot. As always, appreciative of being able to do so. Man, I admit earlier today, I was just in a funk. Like, honestly. Like, I was just honestly in a funk for a myriad of reasons. And sports-wise... I had my reason why I was particularly just in a really foul mood. And for those of you that know, like, I absolutely love baseball. I care about the game. I'm passionate about it. But this whole thing now of the baseball still have not coming, have not found or have been able to come to an agreement for a new deal is really beginning to make me angry. In fact, I'm starting to say to hell with Major League Baseball because the thing that has me the most aggravated is the fact that this sport has had two whole years to get it figured out. They dragged their feet and they took their time in trying to get a new CBA done. And here we are on February February 16th, excuse me, Here we are, we're still talking about the players' union, the owners still bickering over money, logistics of the CBA, minor leaguers getting paid and so forth. Not saying that the issues aren't important, but this was something that should have been resolved a couple of years ago. And here we are now with the start of spring training essentially delayed Baseball is now trying to schedule another meeting to to try to get to some sort of resolution. Like, I am absolutely fed up. I'm genuinely fed up. And the reason is because 
I'm at a point now where baseball doesn't truly care about growing the sport. Baseball does not truly care about trying to ensure that the game is watchable, enjoyable, and entertaining. Baseball does not care about about trying to take care of the minor leaguers. Don't sit here and try to sell me a, a whole bunch of plethora of lies based upon what you feel instead of what the actions of Major League Baseball have told me instead. I'm at a point now where it looks like they're not really giving all of, all of their efforts and energy. They're half-assing their way into, well, we're just going to delay the start of the regular season. Guess who loses money? The owners. And what do the owners ultimately love more than anything else? They love their money. They want fans at the gates. They want their revenue. They want, they want it all. The players, they want their revenue share, and that is fair. You had two years to figure it the hell out. And here we are in the middle of February, and you still are bickering over money? You're still bickering over the fact that the owners are not making, not making more of an effort? How about Major League Baseball Players Association do me this one favor? Lock the effing room. Lock it up. Put chains around the doors. And lock yourselves in the room and figure it out until... You get some sort of a deal done. Because what's happening now, it's embarrassing. It is disturbing. It is disgusting. It is grotesque. Hell, do you not understand that you're driving away the casual fan? The same casual fan that you need to stay interested in the game. Because you're losing fans by the day. For those that say, well, I love the game and I care about it. Do you? Do you? How much do you genuinely care? I don't think Robert Raffer really cares about the game. As far as I'm concerned, I think he's a damn cancer to the sport. He is a cancer to the sport. February 16, 2022. We should be talking about pitchers and catchers having already reported to spring training. But no. We're stuck instead talking about Matt Harvey and how much of an accomplice was he or was he not in the death of Tyler Skaggs. Meanwhile, we're talking about how how baseball cannot seem to get it right when it comes to the pace of play, figuring things out, and hearing about, oh, the DH is now universal, it's going to be played in both the, the National League and the American League and so forth. And the guys are not even on the field getting ready for a new season. How does that make you feel? Baseball fans, how does that honestly make you feel? I don't care whether if you're a Red Sox fan or a Yankee fan or a Dodger fan or a Twins fan. If you're a baseball fan, call into the program. 855-915-WMFO. 855-915-9636. This is absolutely just embarrassing. Like, how do you explain 
the fact that when you go to MLB.com, there's nothing mentioned about the current players. There's nothing mentioned about spring training. All you're seeing right now on MLB.com is baseball movie roundtables, unbreakable records, and the news that Ryan Zimmerman, longtime Washington National, just announced his retirement yesterday. That's what you're seeing. And who does baseball have to blame for that? Themselves. No one else. I don't know what's more disturbing to you. The fact that baseball clearly does not give a damn or the fact that baseball by the day is losing fans and the sport continues to kill itself from within. You tell me. Because I am just truly... Truly bothered and just fed up with the with the CBA negotiations. Frustrated beyond belief because this is this has now gotten to a point in which that this should have been resolved back in 2020 when the, when the entire world was stuck at home at the beginning of this pandemic. It should have been resolved then. Here is MLB tonight. In an interview, in a clip with Mark Feinstein, contributor to MLB Network, New York Daily News, on the latest happenings regarding the CBA negotiations and as well as the MLB latest proposal to the MLB Players Association. Here it is. Mark Feinstein joins us right now. Our insider, Mark, uh, give us the deal here on the biggest changes made to this proposal uh, compared to the ones in the past. So MLB's proposal today moved on a few of the major core economic issues. Uh, The CBT, they increased it by $2 million from their last proposal in the third, fourth, and fifth years. They also did something where they eliminated draft pick penalties for people for teams passing the first level um of the cbt so the only teams that would would forfeit draft picks for passing those cbt marks would be those at 234 million and up so that really uh takes away some of the disincentive for the teams to go past that first level they also came up with minimum salaries gave the union two different proposals for minimum salaries one with a fixed a fixed salary of six hundred and thirty thousand dollars for the whole uh, for the three years of, of pre-arbitration, uh, and one that was a scale. Uh, so they gave them a couple different options. They moved on some things today. Uh, you know, the, the players are still holding out for two-year arbitration. That's not going to happen. The league has said that's a non-starter. The players are still holding out for reduced revenue sharing. Same thing. The league has said that's a non-starter. But at least on some of these other issues, we did have some movement. Well, I did not go to law school. So you lost me about two minutes ago. No, I'm kidding. It's great information. It's very important. But what is more important, I believe, to the fan is what is next in negotiating and getting it done so that we have baseball on the final day of March? Well, based on what Rob Manfred said at his press conference the other day, it sounds like they think they need at least four weeks of spring training. So you're probably looking at, uh, you know, if a deal doesn't get done in the next week, then you start looking at uh, spring training games potentially being lost. 
if a deal doesn't get done by the end of the month and we can't get to spring training by the beginning of March, then I think you're looking at the possibility uh, of missing games. So I would expect, I don't think there's another meeting scheduled at the moment. I'm sure there will be one shortly. Um, I would expect in this next week that the two sides really have to try to get something going if we're going to, uh, you know, try to avoid missing games. All right, Mark Feinstein, thank you for the information. Great stuff as always, representing MLB Network. Figure it out now. So let me understand this correctly. You have between now and the end of the month to get a new deal done. Otherwise, we're talking about opening day of March 31st being basically washed away. That's exactly what Mark Feinstein essentially is saying. Because the players need four weeks of spring training, correct? Yes. And they are in danger of losing that. And there is no sense of urgency whatsoever. And that's the part that has me so flipping mad. Like, I have held this in so long. And for so much being said in regards to, man, they sure are dragging their feet. They are dragging their feet. Like, I want baseball, and I want baseball back now. Figure it out. Players Association, get a freaking construction chain. Chain the damn doors. Figure it out. Do not leave the room until the owners and you yourselves, the Players Association, has figured out exactly what needs to be done in order to get a new deal accomplished. Enough is enough. We're going to go to break. Coming up next. Man, if you told me that I knew what I knew back when, that I would use that knowledge a bit differently. I'll tell you exactly what I'm talking about. Coming up next, right here on the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was gonna do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. Just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. 
If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO and Medford Touch Reform Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. The number to call in is 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. Is the number to call in to the program. I'm here with you for another 15 minutes. was here with you starting at 4 o'clock. Only here for an hour as so I was filling in for Sess and Nuts. 
program, which usually runs at around this time from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. on Wednesdays, but they were out. So I was here just filling in for them today. Figure I'd bring you a little extra spicy uh, sports talk. So far, so good. Celtics, we talked about in the first segment. Nine-game winning streak is on the line tonight. They face the Detroit Pistons at the Garden. And, and then last segment, uh, really got into uh, the, the lockout regarding um, regarding Major League Baseball and just my overall personal feeling as to why I was feeling pissed off. And this segment, uh, since we got maybe just 14 minutes left, we are going to talk about um, basically going off the hinge a little bit. Because I teased saying that if I knew what I knew, you know, things would be rather be a, be pretty different, basically. I think we all have a story at some point in our lives in which we admit, man, if I knew what I knew then, what I know now, man, huh, I got one. I got one for everybody. So there is there is this one story that I saw um regarding regarding um something I saw on, on the sports talk show a little while back. And one thing that stood out to me was how how on earth did it become what it became? And I specifically want to turn it into um, Patriots talk because I've noticed some things that have been going on and have been happening that I personally feel that we need to talk about. We need to absolutely talk about. Most notably, the return of Joe Judge to New England as an offensive assistant, quote unquote. If I knew what I knew, things would be different. If I knew that Joe Judge was going to try to be a complete hardo with the New York Giants, I don't think he'd be the first choice to return back to New England as a member of the Bill Belichick coaching staff. And based on what I am seeing right now, I think there's reason to be concerned. It's very early. The season literally just ended 72 hours ago. The new league year doesn't begin until mid-March. So I'm not saying you should go into complete full panic mode just yet. But what I am saying is that based upon the things that you've seen, there's reason why you should be rather concerned with what you're seeing. If I knew that the coaching staff from the last few years of the New England Patriots were going to be poached and prodded the way that it has, you know, we could talk about losing Matt Patricia. You can talk about the fact that he's now back. Ugh, gag. And as well as the fact that you lost Brian Flores and you lost Joe Judge, but he's back now. Gag. If I knew what I knew, I would tell you that Bill Belichick is beginning to lose brain power on the coaching staff. I don't think that's remotely a far-fetched thought or even a far-fetched take to even make at all. 
like what this resembles to me is this is the classic example of let's go back into old garbage, recycle old clothes, and make it appear as new again. This is exactly what this is like. I'm, let me explain to you how. Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, they're basically the old clothes. They were here when Tom Brady was still here. They were here during the second part of the dynasty. Now that Tom Brady's gone and there has been changes in the coaching staff since the end of the season for the New England Patriots, it's pretty fair to say that now that these rehires are making seem to be that they are returning in new roles and that these new roles are, are what's going to be for the best of the team. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Like, why bring back folks that did not succeed elsewhere after leaving you initially? Is it because it makes you look smarter? Because if anything, it kind of makes you look idiotic. If anything else, what I see is that those guys choose to leave to get bigger and better opportunities to no fault of their own. That's not the issue here. They didn't succeed. But then now, because you have new openings and new opportunities on your coaching staff, that your goal ends up saying, you know what? I'm going to call this guy. I'm going to call that guy. I'm going to call this guy to basically fill in these roles, but I want to guise it up as they are offensive assistants. Like, what the hell does that mean? If you told me, let's say, for example, in June, that these offensive assistants, they will keep the same job title through the season, the upcoming season, I completely would slap the dog crap of Bill Belichick. I, I, I would. I'd slap the dog crap. Like, why? So, what are you trying to exactly prove here? Are you trying to prove that your intelligence, your football acumen is so far beyond everybody else's that you're not going to have a a designated coach for a particular role, but instead this is going to be a, oh, this is going to be a coach by committee type of staff. If I knew what I knew, that with the departure of Brady would also mean the arrival of idiotic decision-making and moronic choices. Because this is exactly what this looks like. This looks like a guy who who realizes that he's lost a lot of brain power over the last couple of years, especially this offseason, and he's running out of choices. So let's recycle old clothes and rewash them and make them appear as if that they, they are new. They aren't new. They're old and washed up. And I don't mean old as an age. They got old elsewhere that got shown the door. 
And now you go calling them back and welcome them back in to the fold with wide open arms. And you think you're going to you think that everything is going to be a okay. Here's the part that should worry you. The part that worries me more than anything else is the fact that you're talking about bringing in Adam Gase. I have been consistent about this for a minute now, and I'm going to say this again. The fact that the New England Patriots, oh dear God, are even considering bringing Adam Gase as the offensive coordinator, start the process of drafting and developing your new quarterback that isn't Mac Jones. Because Adam Gase is going to ruin Mac Jones. I don't think it's a far-fetched conclusion to say that. I mean, he's kind of ruined quarterbacks everywhere he's been as a head coach. Go back and look at Ryan Tannehill in Miami. Go back and look at the time when he was the head coach of the New York Jets. Tell me how that worked. It didn't work out. It didn't work out at all. So here we are. On February 16th, I think it's imperative to have a moment of acknowledgement and admittance that, hey, maybe, just maybe, you did not get it right. But will he admit that? I don't know. I don't know if he will, but there's only one way. Only one way to find out. We're going to take a quick boozy break. Coming up next, final thoughts right here on the Shooker Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford, Tuskegee from Radio.
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO and Medford Touch Free from radio streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on, on WMFO.org. Coming up next after the Shukri Wright Show is Triple Play with Chris Earl right here on 91.5 FM WMFO and Medford. Just want to make this real quick. I am excited to see what is going to be next in terms of the NHL because now that we are well into the second half of the season, I think there are some interesting storylines that is going to be um, fascinating to see how it all unfolds. As for where the Bruins will go from here, uh, that remains to be seen in terms of what they'll do at the trade deadline. I'm excited. But I kind of need baseball to get here already, like, please and thank you. Because baseball is the one sport in which that we all look at as the one beacon and ray of sunshine that lets us know that spring is right around the corner. And the fact that it's on uh, it's on lockout right now, it's frustrating and depressing. But what do I know? But that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Sugar Ride Show on 91.5 FM WMFO and Medford Touch Free From Radio. Cannot wait to be back here with you again. Follow me on Twitter at Shukri Rights at, at Shukri Rights. This is Shukri Rights signing off, saying peace. I'll talk to you again next time. Right here on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue and you can use like anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb. Due to COVID-19, WMFO DJs are pre-recording their shows for broadcast on air. We can still accept phone calls, but the phone line is in voicemail mode. Call 855-915-9636 and be sure to leave the DJ's name in the voicemail so we can forward it to the correct person. The following program was recorded earlier. Enjoy. Enjoy.